Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice, checking in back with you tonight with another episode of Narcos Mexico. Tonight we are covering see, uh, season two. We made it to season two after our season one recap and the two documentaries. I hope you guys checked out those. That was covering the last narc and also narco wars off the Hulu episode. Uh, please check those out. It goes hand in hand in what we're talking about. And now we're on season two, so we will cover one and two tonight. Before we get started, I do want to talk about upcoming episodes I have that I'm bringing you guys. Um, soon as we're done with these uh, couple episodes, we're going to break them down to five. We'll do one and two together like we did one um, season one. We'll do one and two, three and four, five and six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. So we'll break those down to five. And right after that, we are going to um, go on to Snowfall. On Snowfall, we will cover every episode um, all the way up until season five because that'll be coming out sometime next year. So we'll be all caught up and breaking that down. Um, you see how much I love Narcos. But when we get into Snowfall, that's my bag because as much as like I love the Narcos and everything, Snowfall, that, uh, that relates a lot to me from, you know, my culture, stuff I grew up around, I can heavily relate. I got family members like that. And it really, the snowfall effect affected my community a lot. So it goes hand in hand with the narcos because narcos, of course, we love to break down the shows and talk about the realness of what happened to it. It talks about how the, all the drugs got over here. <clears throat> but when we get in the snowfall bag, you know, it takes us into what it did when it got over here in our communities. So I can't wait to talk about that. The show is dope. The writing is dope. And on top of that, it's based off reality of what happened in the 80s. That was the domino effect till today of 2021. Um, with the Snowfall episodes, we're going to do two documentaries. So I'm going to give you guys a heads up. Um, I'll repeat them again on my Canaan episode just to remind you guys. Uh, we're going to do the documentary. It's called Crack. It is on Netflix. And then Snowfall is loose, loosely based off of Freeway Ricky Ross. So we're going to cover his documentary as well. And we'll talk about... Um, We'll cover his documentary and we'll go over a few of the things that he said off Vlad because he does a lot of Vlad TV interviews as well as he's been on Valuetainment, the channel I have shot it out before. If you guys mess with YouTube, check out Valuetainment. When I say he got some dope interviews, he got some really dope interviews. Um, so we'll check out his interviews off Vlad and Valuetainment and that documentary and that'll go hand in hand with Snowfall. As well as the guy Gary Webb, who exp exposed the story, he has a movie based off his life, and it's called The Messenger. Jeremy Renner plays him, who, if you're a Marvel fan, he plays Hawkeye off The Avengers. It's a really dope movie. It should still be on um, Netflix. If it's not, I'll look at it and tell you guys where to catch that at. Before we go on to the show, I want to give a special shout out to my cousin Ty Boogie. We're just coming in late at night from um, celebrating her birthday. So happy birthday, boo to you. Um, let me see here. Tomorrow at 8.45 a.m. on Valuetainment's channel, I want to uh, recap this uh 
interview it drops tomorrow so i haven't it hasn't come out yet but it's going to be based off of sammy the bull and michael franzi sammy the bull we know him from the gambino family he was right under john Gotti. he was his hitman he got locked up uh did some years but he got out and then we got michael franzese who was a head lieutenant in the colombo family they're going head to head on valuetainment's youtube channel it comes out at 8 45 a.m so we'll recap that we'll do a special show on that as well after we get done covering power we'll move right on into the bmf series that starts on stars in uh on in september before we cover that i want us to go over some more documentaries because you know how we like to talk about uh shows and what happened in real time and we'll cover the white boy rick documentary because that goes with the detroit scene uh 50 shout out the fifth he has eminem who's going to play white boy rick we're also going to cover the documentary the rise and fall of hip-hop of the hip-hop drug empire that's based off of the bmf documentary that is on prime video i'm telling you guys if you didn't follow my last narc doc that we covered it's on prime video if you're in the documentaries that's where all of them are at please prime video is the shit check it out that is pretty much from my opening scene. Um, you guys know to check me out every Sunday or Monday. We will be doing a Raising Canaan recap. Um, follow me on my social medias. Um, IG, Alicia Shanice. Facebook the same. If you have Spotify, I got some dope playlists on there. Check me out. I got Shanice Loves Reggae with all my favorite reggae songs. Shanice Loves Music. That's a playlist with just like everything I love. I got my chill vibe. It got a lot of Erica Badu, Jill Scott, Music Soul Child. I got my hip-hop 90s with a lot of Nas, Pac, um, Mob Deep, Biggie, uh, Go Down, Go to the Bay. We got Too Short. I got a dope '90s hip hop playlist, early 2000s. I got a lot of playlists. If you in the blues, if you in the old school like Motown, I got those playlists as well. Check me out. For the most part, I think that's it. Um, if you also, if you're in the books, my mentor is dropping a book. It's already out on Amazon Prime. Check that out. It's a memoir by Jamil Lindsay. It's called um, Some Things I've Been Through. I will shout that out again Sunday because I know some people who follow Narcos might not know. But if you follow me off Canaan, I know you probably know about Jamil. He has a book coming out. Let's support him as well. Shout out to Jamil. On that note, I'm not going to have you guys too long. Let's go ahead and recap season, um, season two, episode one and two of Narcos Mexico. Let's get into the show. And she's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. All right, so episode one, it opens up. This one is titled Salva El Trig, and it is when 
we get a new season and we see Operation Leander, which if you followed the documentary, we learned about that. And we see that they kidnapped the doctor. They break in and they kidnap the doctor. The doctor was the one who, remember, was when they were torturing Kiki Camarano. He was the one who was pumping all the, the med, you know, the meds in him, trying to keep him alive and, you know, just doing all that terrible stuff to him when they brought the doctor in. And we see um, Operation Leander, they break in, they uh, follow him out the doctor office and they kidnapped him. Then we go into the intro and you see it switched up. Season one, it opened up. We seen, um, you know, like the DEA training. We seen the real pictures of Kiki Camarena. We seen the real Rafa Quintero, the real uh, Fernesco Don Nito, um, Guadalajara. We also seen the real Angel Miguel Felix. Season two opens up and it takes us from plaza to plaza. And, you know, we have Big Bush and we have Reagan, of course, on that opening as well. I love the openings because they break down so much without even saying anything. Um, so season one, we seen how the Guadalajara came along. We also seen uh, the torturing and brutal murder of Kiki Camarena. We seen the capture of Finesco, which is Don Nito and Rafa Carroll. But as we seen on the last episode, Miguel Felix still reigns. He got his connection back. He was able to, you know, get out of that. So now this is all about him and the plazas and his takedown in season two. So he wakes up and we see he gets less sleep these days. It's like a lot on his mind. We see him have the new big house. We see him have the young new wife, the new little child, and he's still like not happy. Um, we see that the, uh, powerful governor's nephew comes to visit him and, you know, he lets him know, like, look, the envelopes are low this time. And it's also a tough time right now because the big earthquake in 1985 has hit and it shook up Mexico, Mexico, they shook it up. So everything is like upside down right now. It's still the fall. Things are not right because of what happened with the DEA and how, you know, all eyes are on them as well, even though they're still bringing in money because now they're in a cocaine business. So we get to the warehouse and that's the scene where they, you know, take the doctor out and they take his mask, you know, take the thing off his head, the cover off his head and let him know where he's at. They show him Kiki Camarena's picture and he's like, no, you haven't messed. You have it completely wrong. I was trying to save him. I tried to do everything to protect him. They end up having the tapes because remember, Miguel Felix turned over some tapes to free himself. They played a tape where the doctor was not trying to help and he showed the real version of him and what he was doing. And they basically ship him back over to the States. That really did happen. We learned that in the documentary as well. Um, it goes to the next scene and we see Isabel is still being Isabel. She goes to Columbia on her own. She meets up with one of the guys. He's like an underboss, you know, not too big, but he works for the Cali cartel. They make their own side deal. Isabel is still trying to get it since Felix played her from season one. We see in Tijuana, we go to Tijuana and we see Benjamin and his sister, Nidina, and she's like going off because 
the money is not coming in because of all of the things that's been going down since the murder of um, Kiki. So things haven't been the same since then. Stuff is shook up. The Colombians, you know, they're they're pushing their stuff a little slower because all eyes are on them. It still is hot. And that's enough stress. And then there, then we start seeing tensions heat up. Remember in season one, everybody the plazas were freshly together. They were all getting along. But when season two comes, we see tensions between the Tijuana Plaza and the Sinaloa Plaza. So they're fussing because Hector Palma, remember Miguel Felix, made him the head of the Sinaloa at that time. And they still have to run their loads through Tijuana and they're just leaving their shipments there, picking it up when they want to. So Benjamin is frustrated. He's pissed off. He's hearing his sister's mouth back to back and they just leave their load there all the time. Um, we get into season one, I mean, episode one, and it's Miguel Felix's birthday. So everybody is getting ready to go to his birthday party. So episode one was mainly the kidnapping of the doctor, getting him over to the States. We're seeing how Operation Leander is going on and is working and how it's moving along with everything because they have to be in secret code of everything. This is brand new. They're not doing it how they were doing it when Kiki was alive. They know how they have to play the game now over there. So, um, we go into our boy, the Lord of Skies, which is a motto. He goes to Horace. He's looking all over P Pablo Acosta. Pablo is missing. He ends up catching up with Pablo over in the States. And when he gets over there, we meet Pablo's new girlfriend. And we see she's not about the game. She almost shoots him when he comes up. Pablo comes out. They go in a house. He sees that Mimi is well connected. She has pictures with Reagan. Her uncle is a senator. And we see Pablo is, he's more comfortable over there. And he's like not even caring about his own plaza at the time. They couldn't even find him. He was missing in action. So Pablo is letting him know, like, you have to come back. You know, we need you. This is your plaza. We see, um, Walt, he meets up with Ed and he's telling him that the thing went good with the doctor, but now it's time to get the torturer who was the guy who was torturing Kiki. So now it's time to go after him. Ed is letting him know this guy is with DFS. He's connected with the CIA. He's not going to be so easy of just grabbing off the street like you did with the doctor. But Walt lets him know we have a plan and we got it. So he just said, just be discreet. But when he leaves out the office, we see that he really doesn't have a plan. But sometimes that's the best way to do it from how we've seen what happened. We see the Colombian connect. He comes to visit uh, Felix as well. And we see the birthday party starts. We see the new wife. She's a total bitch. I'm team Maria. Um, we see Hector Palma. He has a new girlfriend. They pick up Coochie Loco. They pick up um el chapo and they head to the party so we got the sinaloa crew there we got the colombian connect there with his crew we have the government governors there because when um when the nephew was telling him that if you want governors there you gotta you know he's like i need three governors there miguel felix is all about you know what everything looks like everything has to look like this it still has to look like he's protected etc etc so at the 40th birthday party, they're all there. 
we have Benjamin and his brother Raymond coming there and his sister lets him know like don't go to the party you need to go talk about business because none of them are getting paid um we see all of them partying there and Azul you know now he's like the commandante of the DFS he lets Miguel Felix know like hey this is a really nice party Miguel Felix is no fool he likes don't get it twisted all these people would shoot me in the head if they had the opportunity to so he letting them know like they here because they have to be. Nobody here is my friend for real. Miguel Felix knows what everything is. We also see Pacho and Navigante rolling there. Now we're familiar with Navigante when we cover Pablo in Narcos Colombia. Remember, Navigante worked for Gotcha. And then he portrayed Gotcha and went to the Cali Cartel. And if you pay attention, it kind of doesn't match up with the years. I guess they're just trying to show us that he did transfer over. But around these years, he would have still been with Gotcha and not the Cali if you add up the years. But, you know, it's a show. They can't get everything right. They have to try to make it as accurate as possible. But if we're in the year of 88, 89, he would have still been with Gotcha at the time. Um. Miguel and uh, Miguel Felix and Pacho, you know, they greet him. All of the plaza members see Pacho walks in. They know, okay, now this might mean everybody is going to get their money. Amado also also walks in. Him and Miguel Felix gets to talking. Miguel Felix is mad because um, Pablo didn't show up. Amado covers for him, says something came up. He asks Amato how is Donito doing. He kind of brushes them off a little bit. He like, oh, I don't talk to him that much. But I'm sure Amato was keeping very in touch with um Finesco at the time and just kind of just didn't want to get in between that. Business is business. Of course, we know ever since watching a documentary, of course, a lot of this is dramatized out. So more this is for the television series. Um, it didn't really play out that way. So we see Pacho come, him and Miguel Felix, they go into a back room and talk. And, you know, Miguel is letting him know, like, it's time to renegotiate. We're not getting money. We just got this and this. And, you know, Pacho, you know, he kind of listens to him, let him go. And as much as I didn't like Pacho's character in Narcos, the original, I do like him in Narcos Mexico a little bit more. Uh, I was not a, I was never a big Pacho fan. I didn't even co cover the Cali Cartel in season three. But in Mexico, I like his character. Um, also, he I likes what he says to him. He says, you know, cocaine is runs different. It's not like in the marijuana thing. You know, sometimes it's a little slower, but you'll get your money. And he kind of Miguel Felix kind of let him know, like, well, I have a lot of people who depend on me. I like what pa Pacho told him. He said, Miguel, a lot of people don't tell you the truth, but I'm going to do you the favor and be honest with you. And maybe you would be getting your money if you wouldn't kill the DEA agent and they've hired way more men and they follow everything now and they're on our ass and it's all because of you. So he basically lets them know, don't come at me with that, with that because you brought your business to me. Then you put the dumb shit you put. That's basically what Pacho telling him in so many words. Pacho puts him in his place and peels out of there fashion wise. I mean, he peeled out of there. Um, he goes back 
talk to Azul. And Azul is like, this isn't good. We won't make it like this. Miguel, we see he has a plan. He like, it's okay. Because in the future, we'll own Columbia. We see the big kidnapping bus didn't go as easy as they planned, but they did get to get the torturer, the guy, Verdon, who was taunting, who was torturing Kiki in the episode of 9 and 10. We see that they finally kidnap him. What didn't go as easy as that. They had an eyewitness. They let him go, but they got him. That basically breaks down uh, season, I mean, episode one. I loved it the part when um, Chapo and Coochie Loco brought him a tiger. They got to dancing and how his wife was just acting all snobby and, you know, just being like really bitchy. And Maria would have never acted like that. Maria knew her background. She came from Sinaloa. She was more relatable. She knew the guys. They all came up together. She knew she was more family-oriented. She was nothing like this new little young princess he got. We go over to episode two, and I'll break that down really fast because I don't want to have you guys here too long, and I know we're going to do two episodes tomorrow. But when we get to um, episode two, we see Miguel Felix. He goes over to the golf shores. He goes over to the golf and now he's meeting with opium dealer Don Juan. Don Juan is based off an actual person and he really was an opium dealer. And he goes over there to try to like present a plan. But when he walks in, he goes with his military. He's a high fat, high, you know how he is, just high maintenance. And um, Don Juan is like... He was like, you want me to bring my security? He like, the moment I got to have security in my own town, I don't need to be here. So Don Juan, he's cooking for himself. He's he's more family oriented. Everybody's running up to him. They love him. And that's how Don Juan's character really was. He really was in the opium business. He started off in the smuggling uh, booze and then he moved to opiums and you know later he got on into the cocaine business but he goes there to present a plan basically Don Juan is like we'll talk business but I need to know the man I'm talking to before we get to business so you know it showed us in season one how Miguel Felix was just a good talker he could go to Pablo Acosto he could go to Tijuana he could go to the Falcon present his plan and get everything done but Don Juan is kind of handing him at arm's length, letting him know, like, no, you're going to spend some time here with us today, and we'll talk business when I'm ready to talk business. I like that, right? So we go to the next scene, and in this part with Walt and the other DEA and their, you know, guys who are working with them, it's just more taunting with Verdon. And we're seeing that Verdon can kind of take it. He's taunting them back. He's talking. He's laughing. He's like, you know, you can do whatever you want to me. I'm not a traitor to my country. And uh, they're like, I just need a name. And they're they're beating him. And they go to show us on like, you know, what's what made him a good torturer is because, you know, they were in this group and the American military taught them on how to torture. But then while we were teaching them, they were they were teaching themselves on how to handle torture if it was done to them. So we see he's very good at this. He 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 knows how to play mind games. He knows how to handle the pain 
and they are getting frustrated. They're they're about out and more pain than them from hitting him. They like they about to pass out, and he's the one brutally. He's uh got his teeth knocked out. He spit it out like it was nothing. He's laughing. He's singing. He's uh, making jokes. Uh, he's you know just taunting them back to back to back. We go to the next scene and we see Benjamin and his sister. They're still going back and forth, bickering back and forth. Um, the Sinaloa crew, they still have their trucks there and they're like the pranksters. So they leave a prank there. They send a truck back. They have a pig in there. Raymond shoots the pig and we'll cover that as well. That's another doc I want to cover after we're done with season two. It just shows after how Miguel Felix was locked up on what happened to all the plazas and why there are where there are today. And they say Raymond was really crazy, like on how he portrays in the show. So everything that we're about to see in season two, he was that 10 times worse. Um, he, his sister kind of brings in a new business plan. They walk to the back, and that's when we see the Migos. I thought this was the corniest shit ever. It didn't go together. They had the Migos in there, and it just didn't go nowhere with the 80s. They had them looking like it was 2021. They didn't have them dressed like they were from South Central in the 80s era with the crack. They were calling it crack, and back then it wasn't called crack. It was called Ready Rock. Um, I'm sure they just did that to probably bring younger viewers at the time when this came out but i thought this was very corny seeing amigos in there i thought this kind of downed it out a little bit like unrealistically in my opinion um we see is a we see um benjamin is just frustrated they're excited because their brother is getting out and you know we got the amigos there basically honey so we go back to verdon he's still taunting the dea and they've had it they cut off his finger. He still kind of handles it. And then one of the guys just shoots him. And that's when he kind of, you know, that tough face leaves and he busts out. He gives them the name they want and they bust out Zuno. So they finally got the name they want, which is Zuno, who is the nephew of the powerful governor who's protecting Miguel Felix. Um, they realize he's dying. And one of the DEA guys is like, look, well, this is not how we do do stuff over there. No matter what he's done, we can't just leave him to die. They drop him off at the hospital, the emergency. They just drop him off and leave. He ends up dying. We go to Club Roxanne's is where the Tijuana family, they own that club. So we have the Migos in there. They're still selling drugs in the, in the club. Uh, we have Raymond. He's touching crack now. He's with the brother. They're celebrating but we also have the Sinaloa cartel in their party in as well. They trade jabs back and forth. And we did see that Raymond and El Chapo never really got along. But, you know, for the most part, they were pretty much friendlier in season one. And season two was a totally different story. So we see the jabs now. They're getting more and more. They're getting more serious. Uh, they break into a big fight bra with all of them even the sister she cracked somebody in the head with a with a bottle we see isabel she walks in there like a boss and presents her plan to benjamin he basically basically lets her know the only reason uh felix let me live is because after our last plan of taking over it's because he needed me he let you live because you don't matter and he kind of played her a little bit um which, you know, I mean, it's doing business. You know, if he get caught doing another side deal, that's him. And he got to look out for him. 
But Isabel is her own person, and in the long run, she should have a little piece in the organization because if it wasn't for her, Miguel Felix wouldn't have what he has now. Uh, <clears throat> after the fight, it uh, goes back, and we see Miguel Felix. He is still with – he's still in um, the golf cartel. He's still over there in their area. He's seeing the Americans come in. He's seeing how they flock to um, Don Juan. He's seeing how loved Don Juan is. So Don Juan, they kind of get to talking. He kind of gives them this, like this little game of, you know, how he wants to bring everybody together. And Don Juan was like, look, I've seen what you did to your own partners. I've seen what you did to the agent. And you're just not no somebody I want to do business with, you know. And he says, not at this time. So Miguel Felix kind of. You know, after all that time there, he like, no, sit down. The real him comes out and he lets him know, like, look, we're playing the middleman. We're not respected. But if we all combine under one, we could get the um, cocaine and have the Colombians not play us in money, but pay us in product. And then we can sell our own stuff over there. They have 800,000 people over there in the States. We have 15 million. He kind of breaks it down, shows him how ruthless this is, shows him how much of a genius he is, which that he was on what he, you know, did bring to the table. Because even bringing all the plazas together, that had never been done before. So Don Juan kind of looks and gets the laughing. And he like, this is the Miguel Felix I wanted to meet. This is the guy. <laughs> because all this time, you know, he was over there just talking the good stuff. But no, uh. This is what he wanted to meet. He wanted to meet the true him. So he lets him know, like, I'm going to go ahead and go into business with you. But just give me a few weeks. Let me get everything together. Let me warm my people my way. And then we'll go ahead and take care of this. So Miguel Felix is happy then. He goes back home, back to his big house. We see the new bodyguard. Pay attention to him because he's going to play a major role in the future episodes to come. And that was episode two. I tried to do it really fast, so I didn't have you guys here too long. So we see just to, to break down, you know, very fast paced. It's after Rafa and Donito is locked up. Miguel Felix is out. He still has his crew, but the money is slowing up ever since the effects of the um, death of Kiki Camarano. The Colombians are not paying because it's harder for them to get stuff over because all eyes are on them. We see Operation Leander over in Mexico. They have the doctor. They've killed Verdon. And um, now they have the name of Azuno. We see Maria's gone back to Sinaloa. Miguel has a new wife. We see the plazas are bickering. We see the tension in the Tijuana family. And we see Isabel. She's still trying to get it. We see that they have now introduced us to Don Juan. And he is about to join the Federation. Um. We see now the Operation Leander, they're more undercover. They're not out there like on how they were when Kiki was living and they just had their office. Their everything is now in secret because now the case is supposed to originally be closed due that they have Rafa and Donito locked up. So we see everything is secret. So that's pretty much the midst of it. We see um, also Pablo Acasso. He is over in the States more. 
and a model is basically having to take more control over everything. And we see Hector Palmer coming into his own as far as the Sinaloa cartel with his new wife. Pay attention to her because she will play a major role towards the end of this episode as well. So we have to pay attention to the bodyguard and the wife, as I pointed out before. For the most part, I think we covered everything. I will be back on tomorrow um with another episode because we are going to break down that um interview with sammy the bull and michael franzis i will be on sunday with my power recap and i will also remind you guys of the documentaries because i did read a few of them to go over before we'll go over the new shows and i'll repeat them each time so you don't forget but upcoming, we are going to cover The Crack off of Netflix if you want to catch up on that before we get into Snowfall and we'll get into Freeway Ricky Ross as well. On that note, it's your girl Shanice. I hope you enjoyed the show and I will holler at you tomorrow. Stay safe out there and have a good night.